Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Simon was off today, so Alex Crook joined me. We ask... Who will be relegated from the Premier League following Leeds United losing 6-1 to Liverpool? And we discussed reports that the Chelsea owners entered the dressing room to voice their frustrations following defeat to Brighton at the weekend. Alex explains why he thinks that behaviour could deter a top-tier manager from joining the club. I thought Liverpool would win last night, Alex, but I didn't think by that amount. See, I wasn't convinced. You look at Liverpool's away form, I didn't see it as a, a free hit for Leeds, really, especially at this stage of the season. I think if they were better organised, defended better, they, they could have had an opportunity. Liverpool played very well. I've seen Jurgen Klopp describe it as their best performance of the season. But to concede five goals and then six goals in two successive home games when you're supposedly fighting tooth for now to stay in the Premier League. I'd be very worried if I was a Leeds fan this morning. Very worried. As Alex says, Leeds United, you must be concerned. Fans of Leeds must be concerned. You've now conceded 60 goals for the season, the most of any team in the Premier League. As Alex says, um, they are flying in at the moment. 11 goals in two home games. Javi Gracia knows what's uh, on the agenda now. The supporters need to see the team playing like we've done in the previous games and try to improve our level, try to get better results. This way I'm sure the, the supporters will be happier with the team and the players uh, they need to, to work in all the things we have to improve because what we are seeing in this moment is not enough. We need to improve our level for the seven finals we have to play. He's right. He's not wrong. He's absolutely right. Seven finals now for Leeds United in what is an absolute dogfight at the wrong end of the table. So after being a mammoth relegation battle, Alex, from 12th to 20th, are we now reaching a more defined fight for survival? Are Southampton down? Is it now any two from four? And those four being Everton, Leeds, Forest and Leicester. 
Yes and yes. Southampton are down. Uh, absolutely no chance uh, of turning this around. It looks like a group of players who've completely given up. I think the owners have got an awful lot to answer for at that football club. Then you look at Leicester, Forest, Everton and Leeds. I guess points-wise, West Ham are still in it, but I think we saw enough from them at the weekend to suggest that they're going to be OK. I actually think Bournemouth and Wolves are pretty much safe now. I spoke to people at Bournemouth on Saturday night. Of course, they're still being cautious, but maximum one more win. You start to think how many points will you need to be safe in the Premier League? Yeah, yeah. I think it could be as few as 35 this season. I think if you get 35 points, Southampton aren't going to get anywhere near that. They probably won't get 30. Forest have got a horrendous run in. They won't get 35 points. I'm not sure Everton will either, by the way, and maybe Leeds. Yeah, I mean, if, if if you're a fan, say Alex, of Everton, Forest and Leicester, you look at Leeds last night and say, thank God they're in there and they're conceding right, left and centre. That, that must buoy up to a degree the fans of Everton, Forest and Leicester. It has to. And then you look at Leeds' run of games. They've got Fulham on Saturday. That'll be live on, on game day here on TalkSport. Fulham surprised me at the weekend. I thought that was a big opportunity for Everton. Yes. One they didn't take. Then you've got Leicester... Um, at home what a huge game that could be yeah. next Tuesday Leeds against Leicester that is a real relegation six pointer then they go to Bournemouth through in tremendous form and you get into May they've got Manchester City Newcastle West Ham away and Spurs if Leeds don't pick up the points they need in April oh, they're in massive trouble who, who's your two from four <sighs> it's awful to talk like this but I'll go first then I, I say Forrest and Leicester will go I thought that until this weekend and listen I, I don't think it's because Leicester have hired Dean Smith I'm not convinced that that is, is going to give them any better chance of staying up than if Brendan was still there Forest, because they've got a hideous run of fixtures Southampton I'm going to say just because they're conceding so many goals they look Oops. a bit rudderless Oops. I'm going to say Leeds you're going to say Leeds I'm going to say Leeds alright Alex you take Leeds to go down to Leeds United after what you saw last night and we could see it at the end I mean can they be can they be forgiven for leaving early Fans last night at Ellen Road. Absolutely, they can. Did you ever, when you supported? I don't know you when you, when you were not doing what you do now, and you and you had an affection for Manchester United. You go in a Man U game. They probably didn't lose many games when you saw them growing up. But did you leave early? I never left early in my life. I did actually. Manchester derby. You remember the the Balotelli game six yes. one. Yeah. I, I left at four, and by, and by the time I got to the pub at the <laughs> the corner at the end of the road, it was six. So yeah, right. I, I, I can relate to it. Listen, I, I think if your team are getting battered and there's then then and they're not fighting for you, yeah, then some. Sometimes they don't deserve your support. Oh, okay. Well, I tell you what. Specifically, let's put it out to Leeds fans who left early last night. Where's your head this morning? Are you now thinking, well, it was a disaster last night and they're as good as gone? Is that your th- thought process? You left early because you think they're down. You might come on and want to elaborate on that. 03717-223344-81089. Is it any two from four? Are we right in thinking that that's how it looks? Southampton gone. Is it any two from four? The four being Everton, Leeds, Forrest and Leicester. Is your club one of the four? Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. So, is it any two from four now? Everton, Leeds, Forest, and Leicester. Who's going to jo- join Southampton? And seemingly Southampton look as if they're gone, don't they? Alex Crooks alongside me this morning. We're looking at it that way uh, because three have got to go. So who will be the other two? Will it be Everton? Will it be Leeds? Will it be Forest? Will it be Leicester? Last night, Leeds gave a big indication that they might, they might... Uh, 
plummet this season. Uh, 6-1 hammering at home, albeit to Liverpool, but they've had a fairly indifferent season by their standards as well. The United fans, many of them left as goal four went in, then goal five, then goal six. Were you right to leave? You support the club, but do you not support them through thick and thin? There's Dan, the Leeds fan, uh, Alex. Lots of Leeds fans getting in touch this morning. I was at the game last night. I'm worried now, no doubt about it. Uh, very, very worrying time. There's Jack. I left early. Pathetic from the Leeds players last night after conceding the third goal. The club is rotten at the moment uh, and the board is fully culpable. Where the board went playing last night, Jack. It was the players who let you down in the field of play, was it not? 6-1. Simon's a big Leeds fan. 03717-223344 if you want to join Simon. Simon is through to us first off this morning. Simon, good morning. Were you there last night? Yeah, morning, Jim. Yeah, I was there. I left Cornwall at half past eight in the morning. <laughs> Got up to the ground at about five o'clock. It was a bit of a weird atmosphere. I, I go up quite a lot, seeing home and away. And uh, yeah, the first half an hour, didn't think we played that bad. Shocking decision for the goal. I don't know why VAR is even there, but that's a conversation for another day. And uh, yeah, it's just, it, it was woeful. It really was. I, if, if the players, and it doesn't matter what team they play for, if the players of Leeds, Everton, Leicester, all these teams played as hard as fans travel to see them and travel and sing and give up all their time, we wouldn't be in this mess. It was absolutely woeful. I mean, the officials were woeful as well. But Wait, when did you leave, Simon? The last two games. When did you uh, leave? Fourth, after the fourth. After the fourth. Okay, goal. here's Alex. Simon, a few of your fans are, are pointing that the finger of blame at the board, and I think the club has been run shambolically this season. But what about that dressing room? I'm looking at pa- Patrick Bamford, injured again, sat in the stands. He, he was... Quite vocal after Jesse Marsh left the football club. Made it pretty clear that he felt that Jesse Marsh wasn't getting the best out of him. He's barely scored a goal since. Wilfred Nonto not in the starting lineup last night. My understanding is that he may well be uh, hankering for a move away. Don't the players need to take responsibility for the shambles that you're in? We've, we've got no leaders, Alex, anymore. We've brought three players in from America that are supposed to be decent players. That we, we really miss Tyler Adams, but there, there's no leaders in that team. Yeah. Ailing, Ailing's not the player he was. You've got no leaders at the back. Melier, I don't know where he's gone, but he's, he's not in goal anymore. He's head somewhere else. <laughs> and you've got no leaders and you've got no, you've got no front man. We spent £40 million on this Reuter guy. I, I think he's had about five shots since he's... So he Simon, two, hopeless, he? Simon, two questions from me. Number one, are you back in Cornwall? No, no. I'm, uh, I've got a meeting in uh, Oxford and then a meeting in Bristol and then I'll, I'll be home about seven o'clock tonight. Number two, do Leeds go down? If we don't beat Leicester on Tuesday, and again, I'm going to go, if we don't beat Leicester, we're down. If we beat Leicester, I think we'll stay up by the skin of our teeth. OK, Simon, listen, thanks for the call. Travel safely. Here's Sam, a big Leeds fan. Sam, good morning. What's your take in it? Were you there and did you leave early? Good morning, Jim. Good show. Thanks for taking me on. Thanks, Sam. Um, yeah. I uh, I left with my boys at about 75 minutes and it's the second time in two games I've done that. My perception on it has changed over the last uh, few years under Bielsa. I would have never have left early. Um, but, I mean, it was such a toxic environment. Fans falling out with each other. Fans shouting at other fans for leaving. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, fans pay their money and there's a time and a point in time where you know, you feel like you've got to get out there. It's just, you know, got to get out of it. It's just, it's just not enjoyable. 
Um, David, you mentioned so Bielsa there. This is, this is Sam. Is, Alex. Oh, sorry, Sam. You mentioned Bielsa there. Is, is that not part of the problem that, that Leeds fans seem to be living in the past? This cult of Bielsa. You weren't happy with Jesse Marsh. They had no real plan, your owners, when they got rid of him in terms of a successor. Don't you need to leave Bielsa in the past now and focus on the present? I, I, I agree, but it was entertaining. You know, you pay your money, season tickets, they're not cheap. You want to see, you, you know, that all the calls I have, I'm driving to the airport now and I've had the uh, talk spot on the last couple of hours. Everybody's saying the same. There's no commitment, there's no passion. You want to, you know, people from Leeds, they want to see, you know, heart on sleeves and that's all we want and we're not getting it. And I am very, very worried um, about where we're going to end up. Sam, if I, if I remember you did... A few hammerings uh, when Bielsa was in charge. So what's different now? But even though they were hammerings, they still ran and ran and put a shift in. The heads mm. never dropped. You know, the passion was still there. And, you know, that that's all we want to see. I mean, we don't mind getting beat if we get beat, but we've all, you know, everybody's tried the best. And, you know, the, 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 this sitting off that we were seeing yesterday, it's, it, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's, just, it, it's, just not, it's just not leads. I mean, we, we, we play well if we're able to press. And when we don't press, we just get carved up. And, and I also think that there's something not right in the dressing room and, you know, various rumours about players falling out. But you can absolutely see it. I mean, you see see some of the reactions from the players when the goals are going in. You know, I, actually as well, there was a point yesterday, you know, where everyone's screaming for Grazia to make some changes. I think he made a triple substitution, but left Willie Nonto just sat stood there on the corner flag and his reaction to not being brought on you know, it was almost like he's thinking, what the hell am I doing here? Uh, so many people getting in touch. Now, there's a fellow saying, I left 30 seconds before the end last night. It's one from three in the relegation battle as Leeds are down, says this fella. This is Ashley, who's a Leeds fan. Too many players in the team that have been running the ground over the last four or five years. I'm afraid to say many players in there now, just not good enough. I think Leeds fans are saying, Alex, they don't recognise some of the players as Leeds players. Yeah, but leadership is, is the word that seems to be coming up a lot here. Liam Cooper, the club captain, on the bench last night. Surely he's the type of character. He's been there all the way through up their rise to the Premier League. He helped them stay in the Premier League under Bielsa. Surely he's someone you need to get out on the football pitch. But leadership comes from the boardroom. And they've made so many mistakes this season, Leeds United. They, they fired Jesse Marsh. We can debate whether that was the right or wrong thing to do, but they've certainly haven't improved since they made that call. Then they put an interim manager in Marcus Kubala in charge. Then they announced that he would be in charge effectively until the end of the season. Then they'd lose a couple of games. Suddenly, Javi Grazia comes in. He's the latest interim until the end of the season. We saw it at Manchester United last season. Nine times out of ten, if you've got a short-term managerial appointment, Chelsea is seeing it with Frank Lampard. The manager just doesn't have the authority in the dressing room. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Oh, it's in for two. And from a set piece, Chelsea have been undone. Asensio has only been on the field a couple of minutes, but he's already made a major impact. We're realists. We're 2 0 down against Real Madrid. That's fact now, that's done. It's a difficult night for the lads. So I see that they're disappointed in the end, but I also saw that they gave everything in that final part of the game. But it'll be different next week. Still, that bluntness at the top end of the pitch where it matters has haunted them. They've left themselves a Herculean task at the bridge next Tuesday. Torres against Valdez. Brown Valdez. He tucks the ball home, and Chelsea are going to Munich. When you look back on those things, it's to say that it's always possible to create that story and start that story, and we do have that opportunity. Alex Crook is alongside me this morning. Alex, we're going to talk about the match itself uh, in a second or two because Frank Lampard knows it's a gigantic task facing him uh, as interim manager and uh, the players. But there's more to this at the moment. There's, there's an extra bit of spice going into this because whenever you see a headline at the moment, Alex, it seems that uh, either one of the two Chelsea owners, uh, Todd Bowley or Big Dad Igbali, are maybe alongside the reason for that headline. And in the back of the Times this morning, Bowley, we are embarrassing. Uh, this tells us that it's been reported. It's understood that Bowley addressed the Chelsea players alongside co-owners Bedard Igbali and uh, Hans-Bjorg Weiss after Saturday's defeat at home to Brighton and Hove Albion. And they addressed them in the home dressing room. So is that right? Is that the territory for an owner to be in uh, post-match? Especially when times are hard at Chelsea, as they are. Frank Lampard was asked that pre-match at the weekend. Yeah, I, I am comfortable with that. For me, there's some, maybe some criticism of the, our old owner of, of not coming to the games and not being around. And that wasn't always true, to be fair. But I think um, when an owner is very vested in their interest in the team and wanting to help and improve, I think it's their prerogative to to have the input that they want. I remember the moments as a player of owners first coming into dressing rooms actually happened here at Chelsea and it never really happened to me before. And I remember being really happy that the owner, you know, you could touch them, you could high-five them, you could listen to them and feel them. So I don't think that's a bad thing in terms of the identity of the club and where you want to get to. So I have no problem with it and from my point of view. I had my things to say after the game. If an owner comes in and wants to be positive and wants to speak to the players, um, then I think it's absolutely his part to do that. It can be very regular in the modern day, um, no problem. In fact, it shows passion, and that's the first thing that I like. So, yeah, that's it. I don't know if Frank's been diplomatic there or not, Alex, but, I mean, basically I think it comes down to this. 
the owner of the club in the dressing room, which is the players' territory, I'm not sure Sir Alex would have liked that. Does it ring alarm bells or signal an invested owner? Well, first of all, if you just pull back on what Frank Lampard was saying there, uh, of course he doesn't have a problem with it. He can't come out and call out Todd Bowley because this is the guy who's presented him with a winning lottery ticket. He can't believe his luck, Frank Lampard, that all of a sudden he's in charge of Chelsea again with a CV that doesn't warrant that position. So I'm not surprised that he's been diplomatic. I think the ownership is a big issue at Chelsea. I think Todd Bowley has good intentions. You know him better than I do. He spent an awful lot of money to take the football club backwards. I think he's been badly advised. I think his ego was part of the reason that Thomas Tuchel ended up losing his job. And in Thomas Tuchel, you have a truly elite manager who's been there and done it all in terms of winning European trophies. How do you go from there to ending the season with Frank Lampard But they definitely had their reasons for saying goodbye to Thomas Tuchel. And they're going to stick by their reasons. Well, yeah, but those reasons haven't worked out particularly positively in terms of delivering results on the pitch. And from what I'm led to believe... Uh, we know that Bowley is very hands-on when it comes to the transfers. He appointed himself effectively sporting director last summer. Egg Barley, as I understand it, couldn't stay away from the training ground when Graham Potter was in situ. And I'm not sure that Graham Potter particularly welcomed his input. They've got not one, but two co-sporting directors. I think whoever comes in is going to have to get a handle of this situation and say to Todd Bowley, I'll be your manager, particularly if they want an elite winner in the, in the ilk of Ulian Nagelsmann. But you guys... You need to stay away from the training ground. You need to stay out of the dressing room. You need to let me do the job that you've hired me to do. Do you think they're likely... I hear what you're saying. Do you think they're likely to do that? Are they not showing and determined to show that they are invested owners? They are the new guys on the block. But they've taken the club backwards. They're going to finish in the bottom half of the Premier League table. They're going to go out of the Champions League tonight. I thought the performance in Madrid last week was poor. I was there a year ago to the day last week when they went to the Bernabeu, nearly knocked out Real Madrid... The performances were chalk and cheese. So I'm struggling to think of any positives, really, since Todd Bowley came in. Nearly every big decision that he's made has ended up badly for Chelsea. I just wonder what fans want at this stage. I mean, Chelsea fans listening to this this morning, I mean, as it's being reported, the ownership at Chelsea pitch up in the dressing room post-match. I mean, even Tom Roddy's article in the Times this morning, Alex, uh, even tells us that Bowley asked the players why they were not performing to the standard their transfer fees and reputations suggested they should be capable of. That undermines Frank Lampard, by the way, as well. Straight away undermines Lampard. Not, Ke- not that he's got a lot of authority in that dressing room anyway. And judging by what the goalkeeper, Kepa Ariza Balaga, says, he says, no, th- this happens. He, he says Bully's dressing room appearance was far from a one-off as he, he speaks to the players every match. But does this not show that they are up for the battle? We are the guys in charge. We will go wherever we want. If we want to go in the dressing room after the match and we want answers to questions, we'll go in there. Yeah, but aren't the best owners the ones that you never see in the limelight, the ones that you never hear from? Aston Villa, I know you were there at the weekend. They're going brilliantly under Unai Emery. I can't remember hearing the owner come out and speak? Has he spoken to you, the owner? Has he been on this programme? Wes Edens, one of the co-owners, spoke to me on the day they went up. Uh, that was at Wembley. But he's kept a dignified silence ever since and let, and let the manager and run let the football get on with it. Yeah, but on the other hand, Arsenal fans always say, well, we've got silent Stan. They ne- don't anymore. Never hear him. Um, uh, you're like, United say anyone but the Glazers. Here you've got Bull and Bally saying, hi there, we're the guys in charge. What the hell are you up to? I, I think their intentions are good. Uh, and I get that. And actually, I would draw comparisons to 
Mashiri at Everton. He gets an awful lot of stick from Everton fans. I understand it, but here is an owner who has put his money where his mouth is. He's tried to make decisions that he feels will benefit the football club. They haven't because, again, they've gone backwards. They're in danger of relegation. Chelsea, obviously, not quite extreme uh, in terms of their plight at the moment, although there are some Chelsea fans who are grateful for the points that Thomas Tuchel amassed at the start of the season that they're not under threat of relegation. But it's all about surrounding yourself with the best people, the best possible advisors, the best in class, as Simon Jordan would say if he's in this chair. I'm not sure Todd Bowley's done that. It's quite interesting, though, Alex. Uh, I'm fascinated by Bowley's approach. He said to my old pal Gary Cottrell of Sky Sports the other day, before the first leg, yeah, Chelsea are going to win 3-0. That was embarrassing. Now, he said it, but he's got his own reasons for saying it, just as, apparently, he, he, he also points to this tonight being an opportunity a real opportunity that it's only two down and they've got to go out there and overcome that first leg deficit. That's how they see it. And as far as getting into the, the locker room is concerned, this happens in the US all the time. It, 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 it's, a, it's a place that most people congregate to. You've been over there. I've been over there. When I covered uh, the Patriots in the NFL, everybody's in the, the dressing room at the end of it. We're all interviewing people as the players are either in a state of undressed or getting dressed again. I mean, you, you might see an owner. You might, I, I think Robert Kraft is in there uh, of the Patriots. They go in there. It's what they do. They're hands-on. So Whether it's right or wrong. A lack, lack of understanding of English sport, maybe. of Premier League football, of, of, of footballers' mindsets, because I, I, I can imagine, and they've never come out publicly and say, you've, you've quoted Kepa Aretha Balaga there, I can imagine what the players think when they see Todd Bowley rock up into the dressing room, and it won't be positive. It won't be positive? No. I mean, now and again, though, it might give them a kick up the backside. They need... Yeah, but again, if he's doing it week in, week out, that quickly loses Because the, they're the not impact, performing week in, week out. I mean, it's interesting. You never know if they, if they come into it tonight. Uh, but nothing would please Bowley better than to go in there at 3-0 Chelsea on full-time tonight. Nothing would please them more. I just wonder what the supporters think. Is it is it the territory for owners to go into a dressing room afterwards with a gripe, with a grievance, with whatever at times like this Chelsea going through it at the moment is that post-match the place for the Chelsea ownership to go in and say uh-huh, what's going on I mean with, with other other owners as we said at Arsenal silent stand we never hear from him the Glazers never hear from him I, I almost had a go at uh, Avram Glazer at Wembley the other day but was warned off it but we don't hear from them we is never hear not, from Tony Bloom either is this not somewhat refreshing you're right we never hear from Tony Bloom at Brighton and it's working welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. We were alluding to uh, one of the, the, the newspapers this morning, a number of them are carrying it, about these uh, reported visits of the American ownership, Todd Bowley and uh, Big Dad Egg Bally, uh, to the home dressing room in these tough times for Chelsea. Is it appropriate that the ownership pitches up there afterwards? Frank Lampard, you heard earlier on, the interim boss saying, it's fine by me, uh, but was Frank being diplomatic? And then a short time ago, and I won't give the name, but I'll just say it's from the Chelsea ownership. And I'll paraphrase it. Uh, the message I get, is it fair or unfair for the ownership to pitch up in the home dressing room afterwards and to open dialogue with the players when things aren't going well? The message tells me, I don't know if it's fair or unfair. All we ask is that the players fight for the fans who invest their money, time and energy in the players. We care about winning on and off the pitch. Now, that sends out its own message, Alex, and it's a firm and direct one, and everybody knows where they stand. Well, it backs up what we were saying. I don't think there's any doubt about Todd Bowley's intentions. His heart is clearly in the right place. He's 
been a successful businessman. That's how he's raised the capital to complete the purchase of Chelsea in the first place. He obviously is a winner in business. He wants to be a winner on the football pitch. But I just don't think he's gone the right way about it. And I don't think bursting into the home dressing room after a defeat it is going to help anybody. It's not going to help Frank Lampard. It's not going to help Bowley's reputation in the eyes of the players. I think they need to get this managerial appointment right. They can write off this season. They're going to go out of the Champions League tonight. Season's over. They're not going to qualify for Europe. Have a complete reset. But just make sure whoever they bring in, and we know the hunt for a new manager is well underway, gets the level of control and the level of power to to be a success because I think the more the owners meddle, the more the sporting directors try it, and get too it involved, meddling, it's going to hamper them. Is it meddling? I, I mean, think it is. Uh, uh, they say they're not making it about them, but is it inevitable they do make it about them by going in there? Of course it is. But it, the message is strong. All they ask is that the players fight for the fans who invest their money, time and energy in the players. That's fair. It is fair, but is the immediate aftermath of a defeat the right time to go and voice that to the players? Is is that not where your management team, and they've put their faith in Frank Lampard and his coaching staff, and he's been allowed to bring in his own backroom team, is that not where you need to leave it to them to do the debrief and to work out what's gone wrong? And then maybe even if you want to go to the training ground a couple of days later when the dust has settled, maybe when you're less emotional... Is that not the right way to go about things? I, I'm not in favour of owners bursting into dressing rooms in victory or defeat, actually. You say bursting in, but it's their territory. They own the place. But they just, can walk in and say, hey, not too happy with what we're seeing. But you know footballers, I know footballers. We've been around footballers long enough. It won't earn Todd Bowley the respect of his players. It will have the opposite effect. Will it? Yeah. He I pays their wages and what wages they are. Exactly, and, and that obviously in his head is why that he feels he has the right to do and say what he wants, and I can understand that perspective as well, but I just don't see it as beneficial for Chelsea Football Club at this moment in time. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. At TalkSport, we absolutely love it when our fans get stuck in. That's why we want you to join us in The Dugout, a brilliant new TalkSport listener community. It's a place where you can tell us what sports you're into and who your favourite teams are. And tell us what you think we could do better, like big guests and new sports and that. You could win an Amazon voucher for taking part. What are you waiting for? Visit talksport.com dugout and get stuck in. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply.